Welcome to Produce Talks. This whole business is based on relationship and friendships. Food is darn simple. What can we do? What are other countries doing? How important it is for industry to be talking about this. We're going back to the farm. We're going back to the whole food. Hello and welcome to Produce Talks, the CPMA podcast. This episode, we are switching gears a little bit away from COVID-19 and getting into fair trade certification and imports. We'll speak with Jenny Coleman, president of Equifruit, about the fair trade certification and their approach to sustainability. We'll also bring in Mimo Franzone, director of Produce and Floral with Longos, to talk about their fair trade banana program and the added value from their sustainability practices. But first, the 2020 CPMA New Product Showcase has gone virtual. Find over 50 of our industry's top new innovative products online at convention.cpma.ca. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CPMA underscore ASCDFL and like, retweet, and reply to us to let us know which products you think should be the winners in the best new product category, the packaging innovation category, the organics category, and the newly named snackable category. The winners will be announced on May 13th. And so we'll kick off this episode with Jenny Coleman, president of Equifruit. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you, Ian. Happy to be here. We, we've been talking about, you know, doing this episode for a couple months, I think since February, um, but with the COVID-19 pandemic uh, that really threw a wrench into, uh, into those plans. So it's great to finally chat. Right, indeed. Um, as a banana importer, I'm, I'm really curious, um, you know, how has this all impacted your sales and, and the sale of, of bananas generally? Uh, well, from what I've read, the sale of bananas generally has been still solid throughout the pandemic. I can speak specifically about Equifruit and say that our sales are way, way up. Uh, people seem to be craving, you know, known value, known items like mm-hmm. bananas. I mean, I've seen more banana bread recipes on social media than I can <laughs> count just in my own private feed, not even in anything that Equifruit is following, which is, of course, always very banana intensive. But That's uh, true. That's true. Yeah. And I know my wife, she freezes a lot of our bananas, like if they're on the verge of going bad. And then yeah. uh, we use those for uh, for banana bread. Actually, I, th- I think she might actually be making a, a loaf today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So we, we, we definitely see sales up. Uh, you know, obviously COVID-19 is a global pandemic. And so we are concerned as should anyone working in a global supply chain about the way this pandemic will affect uh, their producers. You know, what is life like in producing countries? And uh, so we're keeping a careful eye on how our partners in Peru and Ecuador are doing, what rules are in place there. You know, if there were restrictions on exports at origin, uh, then obviously this is going to have an impact here in Canada. Mm. Uh, so far, so good, but it's, it's, it remains a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you tell our listeners a little bit about Equifruit and sure. you know, your, your sustainability practices? Yeah, sure. So Equifruit is a Canadian uh, company. We are the market 
leaders, the Canadian leaders in fair trade banana imports and marketing. Uh, we were founded in Quebec in uh, 2006. The first um, container came in in 2007 and took a little bit of time to uh, get the market ready for a different type of banana. So uh, still the Cavendish, but it's sold under different terms, under fair trade terms. Um, every container that Equifruit has imported has been certified by Fairtrade. This is really at the heart of what we do and uh, informs our sustainability practices. Uh, we want to be sure that uh, that there's been fairness along the supply chain. So one of our mm -hmm. slogans is fair from the start. And that refers, of course, to the fact that every container since 2007 has been fair trade, but also that we are thinking about the whole supply chain. We're thinking about the producers behind um, this fruit, this most consumed fruit in Canada. And we want to be sure that they are paid fairly and treated fairly um, yeah, as the as the initial mm -hmm. building block of the supply chain. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting you mentioned the supply chain. We recently did a study on labeling, and in, in, and in our research, we asked consumers, you know, what does fair trade mean to you? And there was sort of a mixed bag of of responses. You know, fair wages, fair working conditions, uh, fair buyer relations, mm -hmm. um, and about a quarter of the respondents said that they really didn't know. They couldn't really give an answer at all. Um, mm -hmm. So what is the framework and, and the standards for sure. So I should stay, say from the outset that there are kind of two versions of fair trade that that people can think about. The first is fair trade in two words, fair trade, which really um, refers to the notion of justice in global trade relations, justice between producers generally in developing countries and buyers in developed countries. And when I talk about the framework for fair trade, then I'm talking about fair trade in one word, which represents, uh, which refers to the global certification body, uh, which is the most uh, known, <laughs> recognized fair trade certification in the world. Um, and is sort of seen as the, the gold standard in fair trade certification. So from here on in, when I talk specifically about fair trade rules, mm -hmm. I'm talking about fair trade one word, the certification program. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, fair trade certification is really about putting an ethical framework around normal commercial transaction. And by normal commercial transaction, I mean that when Equifruit wants to work with a producer group or import their fruit, of course, we have to be sure that the partners we're, we're considering are good business people and that they have really quality fruit that, you know, nobody's going to buy fruit, uh, no matter how fuzzy-wuzzy they feel, um, if the fruit is not of good quality. So that's, that's really um, the first check that Equifruit has to make when we are vetting producers. But we are also vetting producers based on their adherence to these fair trade standards. And so under fair trade certification, there are standards which apply to buyers like Equifruit and to producers like um, our, the, 
Equifruit's producer partners, the cooperatives mm-hmm. that we work with. So if we um, look at what we as buyers are looking for, what we can expect from our producers, well, for them to have got fair trade certification, they need to have adhered to two um, standards on three pillars of sustainability, the three pillars of sustainability, economic sustainability, social and environmental. Uh, This means that um, they have to have paid fair wages uh, to workers. They have to have provided occupational health and safety Mm -hmm. standards, making sure that there are things as basic as having toilets on um, farms so that um, workers can be comfortable uh, while at work. Uh, Of course, you know, uh, that there's, if we look at social issues, that there's no child or forced labor, um, that uh, workers are allowed to unionize, um, that there is gender equity, uh, that there's freedom from discrimination. So those were um, economic and social issues. Now, fair trade is not an organic standard. It's not an environmental standard per se. It does certify products that are both organic and conventional. But on conventional production, there is a list of hazardous materials that are either forbidden or heavily restricted, uh, you know, for, for two reasons, for environmental reasons, but also for health and safety reasons for the workers on the plantation. You know, there are studies about human and environmental toxicity uh, and fair trade wants to minimize the impact of of both of those. So that would be part of um, the standards we would look for in producers. It certainly sounds like there's a, a lot of components there. Yeah, there are. And both buyers and sellers. So our, our producers are audited on these standards. Their audit process is a very long and complicated one because mm-hmm. the, the standards are very complex. And back to the you know, to the buyer side, what can what can a producer expect of Equifruit? Well, um, for us as buyers, the standards really center around um, price and the payment of a social premium. So if we talk about price, we as buyers have to respect what's called the fair trade minimum price, which is established by the standards unit at Fairtrade International in cooperation with producer groups on the ground who will look at essentially the profit and loss statement for these farms. Because remember, small farming is a mm-hmm. business too. Yeah. We've got to make sure that part of that economic sustainability is that they are profitable, which has a huge ripple effect across their communities, not their families as small producers, but about across their communities too. Mm-hmm. So they're going to look at, at uh, their production model, and they are going to come up with what they call the cost of sustainable production. And this forms the fair trade minimum price. It is set by commodity and by country because fair trade certification doesn't apply just to bananas, but to all sorts of other commodities. You've surely seen coffee or chocolate that's been fair trade certified. Yeah. And I think like uh, avocados, pineapples, those are starting yeah, to get the, more into the Canadian market as well. Yeah, exactly. So those same standards would, would meet 
would uh, apply to those to those um, items as well. Mm. So this fair trade minimum price, this is sort of like the starting point of negotiations, right? It's mm-hmm. a floor price, which we as buyers will never go below, uh, regardless of um, uh, market dynamics. If the market price goes below, we continue to respect that fair trade minimum price. If the market price goes above, then producers have every right to negotiate their pricing upwards. So that's that's the first thing. That that. Um, fair trade minimum price is a really important um, part of this mechanism because it allows um, small producers to have income stability, to be able to invest in their farms when they know that there's a certain price that they're going to get for their production. Then they can go to the bank and say, we want to improve X part of our farm or Y and the bank will say, okay, well, you're in long-term contracts with a buyer like Equifruit at these set prices, we'll give you a loan for your small business, uh, which is, you know, as any of us who have small businesses know, really critical to growth. Mm-hmm. And the other thing it, is that when they have these um, higher prices coming in, what it allows that there to be a ripple effect. We work with cooperatives of small producers, but they are often hiring workers. This allows them to pay their workers to know that they have the means to pay workers and it frees up their own kids to go to school. You know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe those kids will come back to the farm and work, but at least they will have completed their education. There won't be um, child labor. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's one component. And the second is what's called the fair trade social premium, which is an additional amount uh, contributed by buyers to small producers, or um, if you work in with a plantation setting, uh, an amount that goes directly back to workers on those plantations, uh, which can be used to improve, again, those three elements of sustainability, the the economic uh, stability, um, social or environmental stability of the community. We've visited lots of great projects, you know, mm-hmm. uh, investments in schools, in local health centers. I'm sure that must be exceptionally rewarding for, for oh, you as well. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great. When we mm-hmm. visit our producers, uh, you know, there have been moments where uh, we've been visiting projects which have developed thanks to that social premium and we're kind of torn. On the one hand, we want to stay and learn everything we can about this project. And on the other, we're like, let's just get back to Canada and start yeah, selling let's, more let's, bananas. Let's keep selling these bananas. Yeah. We can keep selling. <laughs> if we're going to have this kind of impact on the ground, then mm-hmm. really Equifruit's role in the supply chain is to be the sales and marketing arm for our producers who otherwise wouldn't have access to um, the Canadian export market. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there must be some element to traceability in all this. Yeah, of course. That is a part of the requirements under fair trade standards is is very close traceability between, you know, the farm and essentially the consumer. And so when we um, receive a container of bananas we have a packing list for the containers where we you know each 
case, each 900 of the 960 cases in each container is accounted for, is linked back to the small producer who grew them. And there is a um, code on the box, which we follow, that goes right back to the small producer. In Peru, the cooperative we work with, um, these are our micro producers. Some of them have half a hectare or just mm -hmm. a hectare of land. And yet we can go right back to that half hectare and find out where, who the producer is who's grown that fruit. Now, in terms of global trade, traceability is really important for food safety measures. But um, for Equifruit, it's, it's also about remembering that there are people behind this fruit that we eat in Canada, this fruit that we take for granted. And that person has a story. That person has a family. And that family has, you know, lived under fair trade and non-fair trade conditions and will be able to tell you the impact mm -hmm. of that purchase on, on their family and their community. It's really, it's really powerful. Yeah. And that goes back to the, the, the social premium. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah. I mean, I think you sent me a couple pictures. There, there was a school that was built. Um, yeah. Well, there are lots of uses. The social premium can be used for things that are important for global trade and for small producer stability, like improving the um, infrastructure of the cooperative itself. Um, you know, in Ecuador, part of the social premium uh, was spent on by the producer co-op on building their own warehouse where each small producer was bringing fruit from their plantation from their uh, plantation uh, to the central spot to have containers stuffed and sort of under their own terms so that they were able to respect phytosanitary standards um, you know and, and and do this in a timely manner, whereas before they'd been renting space and we're getting kind of the short end of the stick, the evening shifts where their lights mm -hmm. are on and bugs are out. Now they can control that better. And that is thanks to the fair trade premium. But there are also projects we've visited, um, you know, uh, investments in schools in, again, in Ecuador, we've visited two different schools for disabled children that have received social premium funding, which is um, really beautiful, beautiful to see. And uh, in Peru, uh, we visited a school that had set up a, a music program thanks to um, social premium funding. We visited a clean water project in Peru, yeah, a rural mm -hmm. health clinic that had set up a, a, a birthing center there so that mothers from the surrounding communities could have their children there and not have to go to a, a larger center to, to mm -hmm. give birth. Yeah. The, the, the projects are almost unending and uh, yeah, it's, it's really what motivates us. It, it makes us so passionate about what we, what we do and keeps us so true to our values because we know yeah. that under this model, we can have mm -hmm. tremendous impact. That's, that's really great. Um, you know, certainly being certainly sounds like, you know, you're being true to your mission and, and, and true to your name, which, uh, which is, which is fantastic. Um, so we talked a little bit about pricing. So one, I think one of the important questions to unpack, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. are consumers willing to, to pay more and, and we'll bring Nemo mm -hmm. in 
uh, to the mm-hmm. conversation um, in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But what are you? What are your initial thoughts um, mm-hmm. around that? I think that we at Equifruit are trying to break down the myth that bananas will only sell on price. We think that there's more than one way to sell bananas and that people are interested in sustainability as well. And people are interested in stories. People are interested in authenticity. And um, if you present a product that you can differentiate through certification, through a unique supplier, then our experience in every rollout that we've done is that people will accept, won't even question the higher price. We look at a lot of other commodities that people have bought on price or that a segment of the population will buy on price. You know, milk or eggs or bread. There's Wonder Bread and there's cheap, cheap eggs and there's cheap, cheap milk. But there's also um, multi-grain, 12-grain, 16-grain, I don't know what, how many grain we can pack into it. Bread, there is, there are eggs that are um, laid by free-run hens, you know, omega-3 eggs. I, I saw a brand of eggs that, that markets a, a comfort farm uh, eggs, where apparently eggs are coming from hens raised in furnished housing with oh, perches wow. and, and, <laughs> and nesting areas. Yeah. You know, there, I, I bought some of these. Trust me, they taste the same, <laughs> you know. And so I think that there's room in the produce department to think beyond price, that there are mm-hmm. consumers out there who, um, you know, the same way they would buy a comfort farm uh, egg because they're worried about hen health, would surely be interested in bananas that have been produced under sustainable conditions by workers who are whose health and safety are protected and who are being paid fairly. You know, it's it's sort of paternalistic to say that the entire market is only ever going to buy bananas on price to banana purchasing. Yeah, no, I think there's always going to be a small contingent of you know individuals, whether it's going to be based on something like organics or pesticide free, fair trade, you know, a, some sort of variety that can be offered where a consumer mm-hmm. is going to be a small contingent of people that are going to say, yeah, I, I want that. And I'm willing mm-hmm. to pay more. Um, I should, I should add here that Equifruit has sold bananas, which are both fair trade certified and organic certified, but the organic certification is a separate, um, certification from mm-hmm. fair trade. Yeah. So that's almost, it's in addition to, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, no, it's, it's great, uh, great to learn more about what cert- fair trade certification is, what fair trade is. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break uh, with a sure. word from our sponsor, Nature Fresh Farms. After the break, we'll uh, bring Mimo Franzone, Director of Produce and Floral, uh, into the conversation to talk about your program with, with Longos and, and how that's going. It's Matt Quiring here with Nature Fresh Farms. 
There's lots of fresh news to share with our industry partners and consumers. One of the best ways that we keep everyone up to date on greenhouse affairs is through social media. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn to see stories highlighting our new plants, recipe ideas, dedicated team members, and educational events. Okay, so now we're going to bring in uh, Mimo Franzone from Longo Brothers uh, Fruit Markets um, to talk about the, the program with, uh, between Equifruit and Longo's. Welcome, Mimo. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, good. Uh, certainly, we, we've talked about uh, a little bit how it's almost nice to switch gears away from COVID-19, you know, talk about something uh, other, other than that for once. Right. So talking about uh, fair trade certification, um, talking about uh, the, the program with, with Equifruit, why was it important for Longos, you know, to partner with, with Equifruit as, as a supplier? The original conversation probably started uh, three plus years ago. Um, you know, Jenny's team uh, approached Longos with, uh, with this opportunity. And uh, just like any opportunity, you have a couple questions and some, and, you know, some fears about, about change. But um, we listened, that's for sure. We listened a few times. And then, um, <laughs> you know, we slowly, uh, we slowly rolled out uh, a test in a few stores. Our, our smaller, uh, we call them um, our market stores. They're branded uh, the market by Longos. They're uh, smaller formats, uh, all in the downtown core. So we just felt that the uh, the target market uh, would understand this program better um, than most. So we started the test, and uh, with the help uh, with the Equifruit team, there was a ton of educational demos. So we demoed the fruit, and we also uh, spoke to our guests about the program and and uh, all the details behind it and, and, and uh, fair trade itself. So that really helped us establish sort of the groundwork behind the, the complete launch um, to our entire network, call it three, three years later. So we just felt that it was the right thing for our guests and mm-hmm. we just wanted to take it uh, slowly and not jump into the fire um, right away. Because as a conventional retailer, to move a program from, um, call it conventional organic bananas, to uh, a fair trade organic banana was a, it was a very big step. So we took our time and uh, it, it worked out in the end. That's great. Um, we talked a little bit about it earlier where a lot of consumers aren't quite clear on what fair trade means um, and, and talking about the wage component and working conditions, there's, there's a lot of components to that. So I think, you know, that, that education piece is, is certainly, uh, was, was a great idea. It sounds like. Yeah, definitely. Then the other large piece to the puzzle, I, I guess, is price. And you had mentioned, you know, you'd rolled it out to, uh, as, as a test initially in, in some key markets, uh, in, in Toronto, um, did you find that customers are, you know, willing to pay more for that fair trade certification? Um, yeah, the short answer is yes. Uh, the long answer is we we strategically launched in that market because, um, 
you know, our stores are in the PATH system. For those who are familiar with Toronto, there's an underground PATH system, connects all the major buildings, um, so that the demographic is a little different. Uh, based on volumes, it looks like they're all eating a banana a day, which is great. But, I mean, it, it was less sensitive to launch there when you're looking at a price increase of um, roughly 20 to 30%. Um, but, again, the, the big piece behind it all was the education to our guests and the marketing components. Um, you know, we did a ton of work on social mm-hmm. uh, initially. And then as we launched uh, company-wide, we did, um, we did more social, um, back-to-back uh, flyers in our bi-weekly um, circular. We also did a, a two-page spread in our, our quarterly magazine. So, uh, again, if you don't have all those components, uh, it, it, it's tough to, uh, to launch an initiative uh, this big. But uh, it all worked worked out in the end, and then price really becomes secondary because you have a story behind it, you have the uh, sustainability and, and corporate uh, social, um, you know, practices behind it, etc. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it, it it does become uh, secondary. And have you tried it in more suburban markets since? So we, we've um, mid February we launched uh, organic fair trade bananas. Uh, company-wide, um, it's been extremely successful. Uh, the growth rate, both on the sales front and the tonnage front, are um, tremendous um, compared to last year. Well, certainly sounds like you're doing work, great work there, Jenny. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, we, have great, we have great partners in Longos. And what we've really loved about working with Longos is working with a family business who have thought about this in terms of what what would they do for their family? What would you do for your family? And and they get that. They get this story that we've been telling. They get the connection to small producers. I think they've also seen that we're able to deliver not just a good story, but a quality product. And when you have someone like Mimo and his team who are enthusiastic about the the program who see the value in sustainability it's just a it's just a pleasure to to work with them and and this you know what Mimo has referred to this this conversation but also this training is really important it's important for everyone in the Longos organization from the executive team down to the produce clerks to understand What's behind this decision on their part to make a switch to a more expensive product, but based on a values call? And I think that these, uh, you know, show and sells and and internal management training and and also uh, putting together material for produce level clerks so that they're they're able to answer guest questions about the program. I think that's been really really key to the success of this rollout you're, you're presenting a united front and everybody knows why you're why you're doing this it's been yeah it's just been a delight so Mimo talking more generally about sustainability um, is there anything else that Longos has you know really focused on yeah we, we've always been um, you know uh, strong believers around you know 
you know, sustainable practices or, or just sustainability in general. And uh, we've been, uh, the team, the entire team here at Longos has been uh, working hard on um, publishing our first uh, sustainability uh, report. And it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, distributed to the public. It'll be posted online, you know, as a private company. A lot of times we keep uh, data and information to ourselves, but mm-hmm. we, we feel that the work that we're doing, um, you know, our guests and our partners should know. So um, it's sort of the backbone of the report. Um, you know, there's, there's three pillars that we're looking at, environmental uh, stewardship, uh, responsible sourcing, and uh, healthy, happy people. So those are the three pillars. And uh, I think this program in, in general hits all three uh, pillars, right. more so on the responsible sourcing piece um, and on the you know healthy, happy people. And when we're talking healthy, happy people, it's our team members, our guests, uh, our vendor community, and just communities abroad, whether they be our local communities who, who shop our stores or the communities, um, you know, that live off of um, what our vendor partners are doing. And in this case, Equifruit and their producers. Um, so it's a, it's a great tie-in, you know, and once that comes out, um, we'll be sharing, uh, you know, sort of what we're uh, social premium monies we're giving back through this program. And uh, it's going to be, you know, amazing to share the story with, with our guests and our vendors and our communities themselves. That's great. I'll have to uh, lovely. keep an eye out for it. So I'd, I'd also be curious to know, you know, talking about the new normal, I'd be curious to know how sales are going uh, online as well with, with Equifruit Bananas and, and for Longos generally across uh, Grocery Gateway. Yeah, so um, speak to Grocery Gateway also, uh, to our brick and mortar um, stores. So uh, ran some data pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. So the growth, uh, we haven't seen a decrease in the growth rate, mm-hmm. which is fantastic because we've made some decisions to cut out uh, assortment to simplify the shop. Um, you know, uh, we don't want to be in the forefront of price gouging, so we've in, invested margin as well. So we're, you know, we're trying to hold off increasing retails. And when you look at the organic um, banana program, um, you know, from last year to this year, uh, like I said, there's a 20-30% increase. The guests are still, they understand the program, and they are still purchasing the same amount as they were pre-pandemic. So. Um, it goes to show that um, the work that was done leading up to the launch yeah. of uh, of the program is is really paying off because um, you know uh, when COVID nineteen became really serious, uh, you know, consumers' buying habits have changed, and um, and this program has not changed. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's great it's great to see that for sure. That's good. Uh, again, going yes. back to education. Yeah, can I just jump in and add um, to what Nemo has said about Grocery Gateway? There was also a a separate launch planned on Grocery Gateway um, to highlight the switch to um, fair trade organic bananas. So uh, at the launch, the, the landing page for Grocery Gateway 
talked about the switch. Um, there was, um, I've forgotten the technical term. I think it's a carousel, meaning that right. all fair trade um, goods were highlighted together. You know, if you like fair trade banana, how about you look at our fair trade coffee or our fair trade chocolate um, as well? Nice. And yeah, and, and so there was there were two channels of communication there for in-store guests, but also grocery um, gateway guests as well. I'm sure that's had a, an impact. Yeah, definitely. Again, it, it ties all back to, uh, you know, we took our time with the launch and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, checked all the boxes before we rolled out and made sure that uh, we were completely ready uh, for the switchover. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Mimo and, and Jenny, for, uh, for hopping on. Uh, really great conversation, really great insight about fair trade certification and, and you know, the, the benefits and, and consumer insights. So um, hope you both, you know, stay safe. Thanks again. Great to have you on. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Mimo. Yeah, you as well. Thanks, everyone, and be safe. Be safe. A reminder about the 2020 CPMA New Product Showcase, which has gone virtual. Find over 50 of our industry's top new innovative products online at convention.cpma.ca. And be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know which products you think should be the winners. Until next time, fill half your plate with fruits and veggies, continue to seek out new knowledge, and basically, never stop growing.